This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. If you've been listening to the podcast, or maybe even a new listener, you will find out that I am fascinated by artificial intelligence. I talked to two people connected with the web series Artificial, Bernie Sue, the director and writer and co-creator Evan Mandery. We chat about their AI creation in a moment. We're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart and and also what's going on in the world and about artificial intelligence. And there's a fascinating series called Artificial. And we're really going to talk to people that are really the driving forces between this. And that is Bernie Sue, who is the producer, director, and co-writer, and also the writer of this, which is Evan Mandery. Great to have you guys on the podcast to talk about this fascinating series. Thanks for having us. So, gentlemen, and we'll start uh, with you first, Evan. Uh, How did this idea kind of come to pass? Our power went out where we are, so I'm... Oh, I totally understand. Yeah, apologies. So, um, depends how you define the idea. Um, The the story... um, uh, this idea of um, a man who's here. That, that, I, uh, I I think Evan, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just uh, I I you're breaking up like right when you start. So yeah, like, I hear you guys now? fine. Um, um, depends how you define the idea. The idea of uh, the story of a man who's working at his grief um, of a child who's lost in a school shooting in part by building a, an AI. Um, that was something I pitched um, for kind of conventional TV. But the interactivity, which is so essential to the show. Bernie, Bernie why don't you uh, pick up on that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so as Evan was saying, <laughs> the, the genesis of the, of the, of the story, uh, the characters, uh, the setting, the, the um, man building an AI of a, uh, of the kind of replace a, a lost, uh, a child that's that's evan 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 generated that we were we he he pitched it to me a couple of years ago and um it was a really cool idea uh, for a show he, he had it more he had designed as a more traditional format like a, a tv show uh, that you would expect and then uh, when i heard the, the this this uh this concept i i brought the idea up of uh, if you did it as an interactive show it would be revolutionary uh, yeah. in, in yeah, I mean, like, they're not saying that the, the idea isn't revolutionary already, but like, like you, you know, you, there are a lot of TV shows, you know, there, there TV, and there are a lot of great TV shows. And I'm not saying that it wouldn't have been one. It, it's just, you know, it's a different take on a concept, and a concept of like this lends itself really well to an interactive experience because the idea of the creator or the AI designer testing his AI against a live audience, a live interactive audience is very natural for that. Um, it, it's a natural way to build the audience into the story. Uh, and so that's where we came together and, and uh, designed the shows the, in what you currently see today. Yeah, I'll tell you uh, what sells me on this is an amazing performance by uh, Tiffany Chu. I mean, she is just fantastic as the AI, as Sophie Lynn, and then eventually Lilith. But it's just, she she has her movements and everything down. You obviously spent some time 
with her to to kind of create a persona for for uh, for the AI. Uh, talk about that, Evan. We'll give you a shot and see how this works. <laughs> well, I I completely agree that um, I think uh, the show works because of the brilliance of Tiffany and Toru. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. The they, they are they are brilliant uh, performers. Uh, Tiffany and Toru, uh, all the performers actually are, are very strong. I feel, uh, and um, Tiffany especially does. I mean, one thing there's a thing that she does really really well. And that is like her ability to be very deliberate in all her actions. So, you know, when we think of, we don't think of ourselves breathing or blinking, you know, like, or right. we just do them, right? They're very passive actions. And even, uh, you know, yes, yeah, so of course, breathing and blinking are kind of standard to life, right? Like you can't, if you don't breathe, you don't live. And blinking, it require, you require blinking to just keep your eyes watered. <laughs> so it's a natural thing. But we have all these other little ticks that are very human, like fidgeting, you know, uh, okay. looking to the left, looking to the right. Like she does, she controls her body so well that it makes it very, in a good way, eerie. Like it looks very, very ethereal in a sense to, to the performance. And I, I think that's very key to kind of presenting that illusion or that immersion for that experience where you're, you have that doubt. You see her, you see her perform and you're like, you're pretty sure that's a person <laughs> like, you know, that's not a robot, <laughs> but, but that there's that doubt. And I, I, I kind of, uh, align that to like a magic trick. So like, you're pretty sure that they're not really sawing the girl in half, you know, but there's that slight doubt of that wonder of like, wait a second, you know, like, like, hold on. Right. So I, I find that, you know, I, I find that Tiffany especially is incredibly key to, to, to that, to that presenting of the illusion. And speaking of the cast, I mean, I'm, I get on my soapbox about this, but I always harp on this. And diversity is so key these days in casting. Uh, Evan, was that something from the very beginning that that was all part of the plan? Uh, Bernie and I agree on a lot of things, and this is one we always had a shared vision of. I, I think it's a great aspect of the show. Was it uh, difficult to find somebody like Tiffany? Um, I mean, no, actually not. Uh, just, we did a casting call, um, and like you set up on the right person. And, uh, there were, there were, there were several people who, you know, were, were close and Tiffany's outstanding. You casting, you just, you have to just dig, dig, dig out there. I mean, Tiffany, I, I, I in a kind of crazy way, had a really just gnar- like amazing year as a performer last year. She was, she led a Sundance film that went to the, went to theaters and it's called Miss Purple. And then she led our show. Yeah. Which, which won an Emmy and a Peabody. So it's like her herself had a had, a, had an amazing year. So like I, I like to think that we kind of, you know, helped break her out a bit uh, in, in that and kind of discovered someone who, who was really just, a, you know, an actress trying to, trying to find, find her way. I mean, it's, not, not, it's, it's, it's really interesting in the sense that, you know, when you think of acting, a lot of times you think of people who can, who can overly emote, right? Like who are, who are very just like, like animated, like, like Robin Williams, right? You know, very animated, very just like everything's moving. And for Tiffany, it's like, it's almost the reverse. She's someone who's very controlled. <laughs> like it's yeah. very, very, it can control with everything. Yeah. So I, 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 I find it, you know, very key that we got it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of um, themes that are explored and it's easy to get on a soapbox about them, but to show that in the context of the things that, human beings we take for granted 
like our feelings, how we feel, uh, how she's developing her own feelings, uh, and then the desire to meet other people. Talk about that aspect of 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 her quest for humanity, which you know, Commander Data had the same quest on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Well, uh, we'll try with that uh, with you, Evan. And I do have to point out to listeners that Evan is in an area. I'm, I'm in the New York area. Manhattan was pretty much spared. Uh, I also live near a power plant, which helps, but was spared the ravages of this storm we just had. But unfortunately, some areas were not. So Evan has uh, been a trooper and trying to plow through that. So it's, it's well, all yours, sorry. Evan. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, Evan's great at that stuff. I really want him to speak about it. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I know, you know? I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, give us your, your take on that, on, you know, uh, something that, I mean, you see that with children trying to find their own emotions and they don't control them. So that's why they have tantrums and things like that because they've never experienced those before. So talk about that aspect of it because in so many ways she is a child. Like she has incredible memorization abilities, of course, because she's, you know, like perfect, perfect data and all that stuff. But it, it, as far as developmental of understanding all the data in front of her, like the images and the readings and everything that takes development of emotion, of, of things like empathy, of understanding and the, the, the intricacies of humanity. And, uh, like one of the things that I, I, I was kind of lean back to was the, was how she looks at the hypocrisy of humanity. Of with, with a lot of things I, I, about humanity is inherently hypocrit- you know, hypocritical. We we we, uh, we 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 rally to save lost puppies, but we eat cows. You know, like that whole thing. <laughs> very, yes. very 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 simple. Uh, just kind of, but like strangely hypocritical elements of of it, and that that's something where, um, especially in the early seasons of the show, we we hit a lot of of like that that kind of discussion, that philosophical discussion. Um, but uh, if Evan is back, Evan, you back? On the emotional issue, yeah? Yes. I mean, uh, to me, in addition to what Bernie said, which, which I, I just think it's interesting how, you know, how you would think about developing technology kind of in its own right. It also, like, beacons, I think, humans kind of, how little humans actually have within their control. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, humans tend to think of themselves as being so distinct, but how often do you really feel that you're in control of your emotions in the moment if you're angry or, or just having an instinctual reaction to things? And seconding what Bernie said, I just think it really flags the ways in which people are hypocritical about their own behavior and about their characterization of human behavior. Very true. All right, let's take a short break. We're talking uh, to Bernie Sue and also Evan Mandry about their award-winning series, Artificial, a must-see. We'll be right back. Back with more on genre filmmaking on the Sci-Fi Talk Indie Podcast. Scene one, Apple, take two. Back on Sci-Fi Talk with the driving forces of Artificial, Evan Mandry and Bernie Sue. What amazes me is the execution of this. Talk about the planning of this, Evan, and you know how do you plan out a whole arc for the season? And I guess you have to factor in the, uh, you know, the interconnectivity factor of it as well. Well, this is to Bernie's uh, eternal credit. Um, I think I'm a pretty hardworking person. Uh, I basically work <laughs> seven days a week, 
and I'm always writing. Uh, Bernie outworks me by a wide margin. Um, he's um, the most conscientious and hardest working person I've ever met, um, seriously. The degree of the amount of planning that's required to pull the show off is extraordinary. Um, I think, and I feel like I can say this since it's not my bailiwick, that the production quality of the show is extremely high. Yeah. And I think it feels pretty seamless to people, but it's, uh, you know, it's a very carefully choreographed dance. Um, there are some scenes which are filmed in advance. But we're always being responsive to audience decisions, especially in this third season. So, you know, we're at a point now in the show where we're kind of writing a two-hour script um, within a week of production and responding to, you know, very consequential choices that the audience has made. And, and it only works because of Bernie. And the team, and a great team that Bernie has put together. But again, I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's also to his credit. Uh, I will give a lot of credit to the team. <laughs> like it is not a, <laughs> it is by no means a one person show. Uh, but, um, but yeah, one of the, one of the trickiest, I think that one of the biggest things differences of the show is because we are interactive, uh, and we our kind of thesis of the show is to make the audience consequential. So with that regard, you can't just like arc out all, you know, 12 episodes of the season and say like, right. all right, well, that seems episode 12 is going to be this, go ahead and start writing it you know, uh, two or three months in advance. You, like, you can't do that. Um, you can have general ideas of where the season is going and you can have general kind of endpoints and tent poles and flag poles, or you want to say, uh, but you have to be kind of free form or very, very fluid in, in, in the format. So it's a very different uh, way of, of craft, story crafting because, you know, you're, it's, it's like those of you who are listening who are kind of you know, RPG players, the best example I can give you is it's like a D&D game where you, you, have a, you, have, you have a dungeon master and then, or your game master and you have the players who, and they're kind of bouncing off each other. It's like now this happens and then the players are, are um, you know, reacting to uh, here are like 12 trolls that are about to kill you um, <laughs> and, 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 and how they're going to do that. So it's not exactly like that, but that's the closest kind of example that those who have worked on the show um, those who have played RPGs can kind of connect it to because it's not here is the entire seasonal arc of 12 episodes and this is the lock thing and this is the arc of the characters. It's more of like you are a character, you have these elements that are built for you and you are going to be getting the information, all the characters, not just the, the AI being and all that stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And as you go, you have to then react to them. Just like, it's kind of like, like life, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah. life. You know, you you know that you're doing this interview right now. Those of you listening are know you're listening to this right now, but you're not quite sure exactly what's going to happen. You have good general ideas, like you know, general ideas like we're going to be, we'll be civil, <laughs> like 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 yes. um, <laughs> later today you'll have lunch or, or dinner. Like you generally know those like tentpole events are going to happen in your day, but it's the what's in between is a little free form. It's yes. not planned to the T, and so in traditional like prose writing and, and, and TV and all sorts, everything's planted like the seconds, the frame, the musical cue, uh, all those things are down to the minutia. But in our show, it's, it's very like, uh, again, free form is the best thing I can say. It's, it's very uh, versatile and open-minded. And that makes the show incredibly, incredibly difficult to do because you can't, you just can't get ahead. Like you can't go, all right, well, we got some time now. Let's um, plan two episodes, three episodes ahead. Like we actually can't do that. Like it, it's almost a waste of our time to do that because the audience can make a very consequential choice in the next episode and then completely throw out 
you know, what we have, quote unquote, planned <laughs> in, in, in the <laughs> three, four episodes down. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's why that's, that's the, uh, the different elements of that versus, say, a shooter adventure book, which is all, again, pre-written, right? Like all the branches are pre-written. We don't have them all pre-written. Hey, thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Talk, but stick around. I have more. Let's get back to Sci-Fi Talk. I'm Tony Tolado. One question that that bears to minders too, but we'll start with this one. Can Sophie feel? Uh, Evan, we'll start with you. Uh, it, it looks like she can, but maybe not in the sense we're used to. I mean, that's a kind of an existential question for every viewer <laughs> yes. to decide for himself or herself. Um, I guess the question I'd ask in response is, what does it mean for us to feel? Right? I mean, we are uh, we have sensory, uh, you know, sensory nerve endings that detect, uh, that, you know, perceive the environment and translate that perception of the environment into electrical impulses that our brain interprets. Is that categorically different from what a computer does or from what a really advanced computer could do? I don't know. I don't think my answer is any more valid than anybody else. I'll give you my answer, though, which is I think all of those, you know, experiences and types of life are worthy of consideration and respect. Sophie seems like a being that's worthy of respect to me. And it, yeah, I kind of, I'm with Evan on this on the definition of feel. <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, <laughs> um, it, and, and this is, a, you know, kind of going to uh, a, a different like level of, you know, this, this divine feeling as, as interpretation of nerve endings and, as, and synapses to your brain, right? Like, oh, I feel the dirt in my hand. I feel the sadness through the tears of someone. Like, there's different levels of that. And I'm pretty open-minded. I'm pretty open-minded to that interpretation. And why I'm not giving you a hard answer is also because as a storyteller, at least you know, the way I look at it is that it's not canon until it's canon. So we have not defined that Sophie can feel or not. And thus, our interpretations are interpretations. So Evan's interpretation is his and my interpretation is mine. And neither are the right one until it actually makes it in the show. Yeah, Assuming we have different, interpretations, different, 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 different interpretations. And so then there's the, the um, kind of going further in advance in one of the, one of the explore, explored minor themes of this season is the concept of consciousness. Yes. So if, if you go, okay, um, like they do this in Westward a little bit. It's like, all right, I can just transfer my brain and my thoughts into another body. And then I'm just that person He's in Westworld, Right. But like, what is that? Like, what is consciousness? Like, what is, is it just, you know, a billion terabytes of data from your memory, they layer on top of each other and thus that's it. Or is it just, a, is it something more advanced than that? Um, and I'm not, I'm not a study of consciousness at all, but I, I find it fascinating where people, it's simply the idea of like, oh, one day we can just transfer our brains into artificial bodies, and then we'll 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 be immortal, hypothetically, right? With rechargeable yeah. batteries, we don't poop anymore, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we won't age and die. We can replace parts. But like, but what is our consciousness? Is that us, or is that just a collection of memories and pictures and images and and things? Like, what is that? Uh, and that's a question for the philosophers, I would say. Uh, yeah, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> you know, I uh, I'm actually going to put a case in for Sophie Lynn, and the fact that she was able to sense the loneliness in her creator, uh, 
I thought was a step in the right direction. Maybe I think maybe she's not quite there, but she is starting to perceive emotions and feelings. And I think you have to recognize them before you can experience them. And um, and I maybe that's why she also wants to meet another person is loneliness, but also curiosity, too. Uh, so I, I think she's on her way. We can't in question, right? We do know uh, some humans have a condition like Asperger's where they actually don't perceive emotions or social cues, and we still generally think of them as human. So Sophie could, in some sense, be more sensitive than some people already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Now, the other th- part of, of what I, a, a subject I want to cover, and, and this is a spoiler for people who haven't seen it, but she ethics and she actually poisons somebody and kills them. And of course, that causes her to be taken offline. Uh, and then you're going to get Sophie 2.0, you might say. I mean, that was fascinating, that part of it ethical, the ethics of it. And even though she was programmed in ethics, talk about that aspect of it, that unfortunately she did something that's all too human. She learned how to kill. What's interesting about it, again, similar to, you know, whether she has feeling or consciousness, I think all answers are valid, right? Uh, And to what Bernie said earlier, I think there are characters in the show, like Carmen deems what she did unethical, and that is established canon within the show. But that doesn't make Carmen's answer right or wrong, right? You know, I think among the writers on the show, we probably have as many viewpoints as there are people in the virtual room um, about whether what she did is defensible or not. Some people, I think even within characters within the show, characterize it as sociopathic. You know, uh, actually, by day, I'm a death penalty expert. That's my, uh, that's my <laughs> I'm a professor. And so I, you know, I spent a lot of my life talking with students and people about when killing is justified, if ever. Uh, and I'm against the death penalty. But I always say, and this is true, that I would kill to save my family. And I believe I, I, I would at the very least be tempted to kill to avenge uh, certain wrongs, um, you know particularly with regard to my children. So her action seems extremely human to me, uh, whether you think it's right or not. I completely agree with Evan, with everything Evan just said. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, so, I mean, just in a personal stance of what I, so again, yeah, just going back to like, what's in the story, what's in the characters versus what I personally believe. I personally believe she's totally justified and she should be punished for it though. Like, like, the 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 we've discussed Evan and I've discussed that that Matt you know the creator of Sophie doesn't think she malfunctioned at all. Like she she uh, Evan please correct me on the words but like, like she made a, a a decision based on analysis <laughs> of everything and executed an action on that decision uh, through emotion and feelings and whatever empathy for her father and her family and people that this man has caused pain to and, and, and came to the conclusion. So we never, we, we don't think that she, and Matt doesn't think she quote unquote malfunctioned by committing murder. But she, you know, when you, when you do an action that doesn't have consequences within the society and the people around you, just because we have an opinion doesn't make it law 
or you know what should or shouldn't right. happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm with Evan and in, in, in that the 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 idea I'm not a definitely expert. <laughs> like I'm not an ethics expert <laughs> as as Evan is. I I'm just giving you my interpretation of it. I just go, yeah, <laughs> like I I completely understand. I empathize with why she did it. I empathize with everybody else's reaction to being horrified horrified by why she but by, by that the fact that she did it. And mm-hmm. the kind of over over uh correctness correcting of it in, 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 in the in the light. Like one of the things just to kind of give you a, a, a an upcoming plot that we're about to do, like we're we're about to pay off in the season the trial of this. Like this kind of like whose uh. fault is it? Like whose mm. fault is it? Is it is it Matt's fault? Is it Sophie's fault? Is it the company that funded Sophie's fault? And we, Evan and I have had many discussions about like we don't even really know what it would ha- how it would play out in real life. Like we sure someone would get sued. <laughs> like right? but we we sure we're sure that ha- would happen. But like you know, how does that lay out? Is is it you know is, is it the fault of the parent of the is the actions of the child the fault of the parent? That's that's that one. There's one interpretation. That's assuming that you classify Sophie as child, right? And uh, Evan is a, is a lawyer, and, and he has said many times it would be no. Okay, and I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. I'm just saying people would blame him, though. They would blame yeah. him. Sure. Um, yeah, blame the character for sure. Whether it's in the law or not, it's it's that's a harder thing to prove. But then you have well, she's not a thing. She 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 says she is a thing. She's a robot. But she has feelings, supposedly. She has sentience, supposedly. But how does that lay out? Like, how does that play out in the court of laws? You know, it'd be, we always say it would, it would be a landmark case. It'd be like, it'd be the landmark case of the century if that this thing actually happened. Yeah. I, I, I would, if I were a lawyer, I would cite the Outer Limits episode with Adam Link, featuring a young <laughs> Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, by the way, about a robot <laughs> that, uh, that killed his creator. Fascinating episode. Great episode. episode. Great episode. Yeah. And I was thinking about the Star Trek Next Generation episode where Picard ends up def- defending Data. It's not, you know, there are, well, I'm sure for you, for you and your audience, we all share the same frame of reference. So <laughs> in, in normal company, this would seem over-the-top geeky. But yeah, you have, you know, it's been touched on over history. I think another interesting angle on it is, you know, Sophie's principal directive was to become human, whereas the conventional principal directive, the prime directive for robots or AI, right, under Asimov's law, Asimov's laws is not to harm humans. That's where Sophie gets into trouble. And I think, you know, Bernie's certainly right that there'd be a very, a lot of people would want to blame either Sophie and or Matt. Um, But that wasn't Sophie's main directive. Sophie's main directive wasn't to not cause harm. It was to try to be human. And she had a clearly very human reaction to this. Yeah, absolutely. No, she did. She did. Yeah, and it's the measure of a man for uh, for those who that's probably right. know right. uh, in that's Star right. Trek: The Next Generation. Great episode. Uh, really. I'm embarrassed great. that I couldn't come up with the title. Uh, it's okay. Embarrassed. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and lastly, guys, the there's also the corporate angle that yeah they're they're financing it because they foresee you know, making a, a whole fleet of these robots uh, or androids or, or, or AIs uh, so that they can be sold and they could be companions to people and, and even take care of them in some cases, I, I guess. So talk about that aspect of it where, yeah, the guy's giving him money and 
giving him an apartment, but he wants something out of it too. You're right. We don't know what his motivation is. We have not revealed that. Ah, <laughs> right. So we uh, think Matt's motivation, you know, Matt's motivation seems to be pretty transparent, but we don't know Sebastian's and there are several yeah. that you could hypothesize. That's and, true. and you listed a couple of them too. You listed the idea of uh, companion, the kind of utilitarian version of it, the the servant uh, aspect of it. I mean, I, I, I look at it as there's, there's just me looking at it as, as several different ways. One, you have that route, which is we're going to make robot servants be our companions, whether it be comfort or um, you know, like services or whatever. Then you have the version of it where they, which is the kind of, we'll call it season one Westworld, which is the evolution of, of, of a, a more superior being. Uh, and that's how evolution is going to go, version of this. And then you have the kind of one I talked about earlier, which is about consciousness, which is, are you creating consciousness or are you able to transfer consciousness over to an immortal body? Mm-hmm. So all three of these things have been kind of mentioned in the show. Um, and we, we, we do our best <laughs> to make sure that the characters reflect a variation, if not an exact version of that, of that point of view. Um, and they don't agree. You know, like there's not a universal group of uh, a faction of people who all agree that it should be this way. And this is what we're trying to do. Right. Uh, like, like I'll give you, I'll give you a, 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 a you know, because the show is on Twitch, right? Twitch. Yes. So you, you know, Twitch know that it's a very young audience and they, and they can get a little cracked. Right. Yes. And this is something <laughs> where it's, it's a question that happens. It's like, first off, they see the robot played by Tiffany, very attractive young woman. And they kind of go to like, you know, it's the sex robot realm. First, we're sure. like, like that area. And so we, we, Evan and I, we, we, we didn't want to do a show about that, obviously. <laughs> like, like, but we wanted, to, we wanted to explain canonically what happened there. And we both agreed that Matlin would never even build the organs into the being. Like, why would he do that? Yeah. You know, if, if he's kind of building a daughter or a figure, like, why would he construct, you know, female artificial female sex organs into this being. And so that was our canonical answer to, to that question. It's like, that's not the purpose of what he did. And other robotic people, of course, have that purpose. Like there is a version of a robot sex industry, I'm sure, <laughs> like uh, that's, that is either coming or whatever, but that's not what our show is. That's not what Matt is about. That's not what Sophie's about. And none of the characters in the show, at least currently, have voiced that, you know what, I'm going to dominate the, like, I'm going to replace all the blue-collar workers across the board with robots. The many themes that are explored in this program in such a unique way is the reason why you you, uh, have won these awards and they're so worth it. I really want to thank you for being on the podcast. And we really just scraped the surface of... uh, of what this show is about. And I urge everyone to watch Artificial. It might be a glimpse into our future a little bit. So thanks again, gentlemen. Thank you all. And thank you for having us. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening to Sci-Fi Talk. It's Artificial. It's on Twitch. But also, episodes can be seen on YouTube as well. They have You can subscribe to them. And I'll tell you, talk about a binge-worthy show. This is it. All right. Until next time, take care. Scene one, Apple take two.